Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. It is the uh, review show. Looking back at all the weekend's action in both football and hurling. Of course, a lot to discuss, a lot to break down. So many talking points from the weekend's football and hurling action. And of course, looking at Divisions 1 and Division 2 in detail. We'll obviously touch on Divisions 3 and 4, but we obviously do have some hurling uh, games, obviously, to discuss as well. So I certainly don't want to go on too much uh, in detail in regards to them games. But yeah, a lot to discuss. Matthew, I mean, uh, I'd imagine your form is a lot better than last week after that result over Kildare. So, I mean, the uh, the, the roller coaster of being a Cork fan continues. It does, no, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, like a uh, very good weekend in fairness. Like uh, for once, Liverpool or Cork didn't ruin my weekend. Like Cork footballers won, Cork hurlers won, albeit it was a much, it's a pre-season game. A lot of people are saying we have one hand on the other again this year and Rolls around again, car hurler, hurling fans saying, oh yeah, we have the hand of Liam McCarthy, but no, Limerick will be back. And Ireland won on Saturday, the Six Nations as well, a comprehensive win. So very, very good weekend, Darren. So um, yeah, enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, and I was just thinking as well, like it was almost like the weekend where all the counties who were asked questions, a lot of the counties who were heavily criticised last weekend, the likes of... Cork, for example, I mean, we discussed them last week in detail and you certainly weren't happy with, with how they performed. But even Tyrone as well, like answering questions that were put to them. You had Sligo, who got a, a first win of the season in, in Division 4. Westmead got a big win as well. So it seemed like there were a lot of... And even Dublin, to a certain extent, delivered a you know a, a comprehensive win in the end, albeit it was probably very much expected. But it was a lot better, certainly, than how they performed against Kildare. So... It was certainly a weekend where a lot of counties were, I suppose, under the microscope having how they performed last week. And we've seen how well they answered, really. Exactly. So, like, Tyrone was very unexpected. Like, it was a comprehensive win, the end, eight points. And um, for once, I wasn't watching the car game. No, it wasn't live streamed or anything. I'm, I'm abroad as well to rub it in. So, I wasn't there. And I was just looking through the Scorpio app and Twitter. I was shocked hearing it. One seven to no score after, what, 28 minutes? Kildare didn't score for 28 minutes. I was like, what plans am I living on here? It's, it's incredible, really. And yeah, the Dublin one's a bit of a strange one, out, really. Um, like, uh, they performed well in the first half, from what I'm hearing anyway, but they still only won by nine points against, uh, you, let's be honest, the Limerick team that looked down and out already. So um, yeah, it was an interesting game. Even Kerry, like they, they had a lot of dokers last weekend and then put up a very, very good performance now yesterday against Monaghan. So a lot of teams really, Sligo as well, needed a win. They got in Division 4 as well. So yeah, a lot of teams, you know, right at the wrongs, definitely. Um, but a few teams still have no points. A few of them still have questions to answer. Or oh, Kildare Division 2 now are in a huge, huge bother. But we'll get on to them in a minute. But uh, yeah, very weird weekend. And um, it's amazing how much things can change within a week. We said about, say, Kevin Walsh, is he going to fix the defensive problems in a week? It looks like he did. So um, yeah, it's amazing what um, GA coaching could do in a week, really. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Like, and I, and I was speaking to a Dublin fan yesterday who was at the game, and yeah, like from from speaking to different Dublin fans and seeing things on Twitter, there does seem to be maybe a bit of negativity about how they performed in the second half. Apparently, Limerick had a lot of chances and blew a lot of chances, really, and it actually could have been a much closer game than than what people expected. Now, whether that was due to Dublin having a huge lead and maybe there was an element of them switching off. I'm not entirely sure. Obviously, didn't see the highlights, so um, and obviously didn't see any of the game because it wasn't broadcasted anywhere. Um, but we will discuss it maybe a little bit later on. We'll start off with uh, the action in the athletic grounds. Our mass seventeen points, Mayo seventeen points. Um, 
I mean, this was a, a cracking game, especially in the second half. First half was a little bit slow to get going, um, but the second half, very entertaining, really going down to the war. At one moment in time, it looked like Armagh had the game wrapped up, then Mayo came roaring, roaring back, and then Armagh right at the death, sealing the draw. And I think a few users in the, uh, or a few comments really in, in my match reaction and even in the watch along as well were saying, in some ways, it was very similar to Galway. Armagh last year, maybe without the late goals and obviously the late fight and everything else, but in terms of intensity and late drama, I suppose it was quite similar and as good as you'll get for um, a round two National Football League game. It was, yeah, and let's not forget with the Armagh, like they should have two goals towards the end. I think Andrew Morland had had the two chances actually, and one which he kicked across the goal, and then the one where he panted just wide. I think he clipped the post, so Armagh could have easily gone back into this game, but. While Armagh were absolutely brilliant coming back into it from five points down at one stage, what a comeback. But Mayo doing Mayo again. I, I don't know. I, I think, look, I don't want to criticise them too much, Mayo. Like, they, they have performed well in the first two games, and Kevin McStay seems to be putting a stamp on the team. But they should have won that game yesterday. Like, any any decent, like a Kerry or a Dublin in their pomp would have closed out that game yesterday. Um, Like, it, it was very difficult to see. Like, even... Um, I think it was Owen McLaughlin took that last shot as well. Like, like just a bit of game management, just recycling the ball, get it to the shooter. You know, it's and at that point, I think Rafi was outside the goal as well for Armagh. So like that makes it even more. Oh, it was, it was frustrating. I'd imagine for Mayo fans watching that game, and even the first half, it was very niggly. Like Armagh could have easily had multiple yellow cards. They had one yellow card named. Um, like and Mayo got two, so I, I don't know what that was about um, for the referee. But at, at the same time, like, geez, Mayo will be coming out of that game. Like at the same at the same time, like TJ Carr actually mentioned that Mayo would have been happy at the start of the game with a draw because Armagh, I would rate anyways top three in the league alongside Galway and Kerry at the start of the season. But when you look at the game overall, Mayo would be absolutely kicking themselves. And I suppose it's the usual story of Mayo football, and um, Kim McStay still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of comments flying in there, which is great to see. We've uh, 27 people watching their live, so if you could uh, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already. Let me know your thoughts on uh, on some of the uh, weekend's action. Teske says, are you doing a watch-along when Mead v Dublin? Um, I actually might go to that game, funny enough, but if I don't go to it and it is on TV, I will certainly do a watch-along, uh, make, make no question about that. Obviously, huge game in Navin as well. It's, it's quite rare that Dublin play Mead away from home. Um, so it's obviously, yeah, it's going to be a great game. And and looking at how the division is shaping up, you know, it could there could be a lot on on the line in terms of promotion. Um, in that game, Miguel says waiting pa- patiently all day for the show, lads. Very much appreciate the uh, the support there. And uh, the J Mac podcast says Honda lads, Dublin Cork and Kiavan win. Uh, hopefully that was a good enough accent there. Good weekend. Yeah, it was a. A great weekend, I suppose, for all three of us. Um, all, all three wins there, so not too, uh, not too bad at all. Uh, Meadman says annoying how so many games this weekend weren't on TV and weren't yeah. showcased on the Sunday game uh, or Allianz League Sunday. Yeah, like, and I suppose maybe that is a conversation for a different day. But um, yeah, like I mean, and that probably is the frustration when you have both hurling and football. Because there is so much to discuss, um, and it's it's you know they, they probably should really split the shows, but I suppose that probably is a, a conversation for uh, for another day. Miguel also says great analysis of the Armagh Mayo game. 
Mayo always create chaos. And you're right, we got out of jail despite doing well in the first half so easily could have uh, lost it. Um, yeah, like, and I suppose it's a hard one to know, really, because, I mean, there were some questionable decisions, all right. Like, I think I forgot to mention in the match reaction yesterday with Rion O'Neill's opening score, which the umpires signaled wide, which should have definitely been given, in my opinion. Um, so there was a lot of confusion in this game. Questionable decisions could have arguably been red cards for some of the Armand men on the field. Um, and questionably, maybe some decisions should have went Mayo's way as well. So, it was a very chaotic game, and I suppose that added to the chaos, really. I suppose it did, and uh, funnily enough, with the Reno need point, I missed um, the first 20 minutes of the game because GA goals decided to cut short Mayo and Armagh. So, um, yeah, um, we need a refund there. But, um, yeah, um, like it was it was a very weird one at the start. Like Mayo started very, very poorly, um, but Jordan Flynn got the back of the net into the game. Keenan O'Connor could have easily hit the back of the net as well. Poor kickouts. And geez, like, he just put it over the bar as well. So Mayo, there was goals in that Mayo team yesterday, um, I thought. Well, Armagh had a few goal chances at the end. But if you look at the game overall, I think Mayo were probably just the better team. I think a lot of Mayo fans were actually disappointed with their first half performance. But the point was, like, they may have been performing poorly there, but they still stuck in there and they still took the lead. The problem was, at the end of the game, just errors, really, just basic errors to close out the game. And Mayo just didn't do that. It's been they create chaos. A lot of people are saying that, and yeah, it's true. Like when you look at the old McLaughlin incident, for example, that's that just epitomised Mayo in the last ten years or so. Like why why did he take the shot? Just give it back to Kenny O'Connor. Give it back to Ryan O'Donoghue. You know the shooters and just calm the game down. No, but no, he um, took the shot and I suppose it's pressure now on Mayo because I look, look through the fixtures there. Their next game is against Kerry. And now, Kerry, they could be with Clifford and O'Shea the next day. That could be a tough, tough game. And I think Mayo will look back at this game. I know Armagh are a good team and all that, but they look back at it and think, that's a point dropped, you know. Um, like if they want to survive in this league, they need to be take a foothold in the last few minutes, especially because a lot of teams are just going to take points off each other, especially in Division 1. So, like, I think Mayo will be very, very disappointed after yesterday, indeed. Armagh, they might have had goal chances to win it, but I think Armagh would be delighted with the draw. They'll go into the next game now, and they have three points on the board, so like it's a good start for them as well. So, yeah, onwards and upwards for Armagh, but for Mayo, I think it was a point drop, to be honest. Yeah, like, and I, and I suppose down the years, like you see what Mayo and the chaos they bring to games, and I think sometimes it it's definitely aided them in winning some big games through the years, the likes of you know games against Dublin and maybe Tyrone in semi-finals when they beat Tyrone um, a good few years ago, like, and, you know, the odd win against Kerry here and there and all are in semi-finals. But it does seem like when you when you are watching them, like, it doesn't seem like too much has changed so far from when Kevin McStays took over from James Horan. Like, they're still, even in the second half, you could see a predominantly running game. Like, they were kicking into Aidan O'Shea, which, to be fair, I thought was working quite well. I thought Aidan O'Shea actually had a fairly decent game. Kicked two points, I think one a fell. He was fairly involved. He helped around around the middle. But I suppose the general consensus from Mayo supporters is that, well, we've seen that before. We, you know, Aiden O'Shea, they've tried him out. They've, they've put him in those positions before in big games, in all autumn finals, and it hasn't worked. It might have worked uh, on, on Sunday against Armagh, but in terms of a long-term scenario for Mayo, like it does feel like we've seen this version of Mayo before and it hasn't worked. 
it's a, it's an interesting point. Like I, I would have said um before the year on I said it on the GMAC podcast, I think it was that um Aiden O'Shea shouldn't be near the male team and I think he's gone past the sell by day. But in fairness to Aiden, I thought he performed well yesterday. I thought two well taken points. I thought he was claiming the ball very well. I thought he was involved in the play pretty much as well. Like Jordan King had a good performance as well, Keane O'Connor, Matthew Ruan around the middle as well. Like um, I think Kenny O'Connor when he came on, I thought was was the forward that Mayo needed. Ryan O'Donoghue was one of the top scorers in the Alliance League at the moment. I still like they could be the two forwards. And with Tommy Conroy coming back, like I know Mayo, I thought it was a point dropped yesterday, but there's still some positives I see. Like Ryan O'Donoghue, Kenny O'Connor, Tommy Conroy to come back into the team. Bob too, he's showing a bit of promise there. Let's not forget Jordan O'Connor. I think was injured yesterday. He didn't play, and he's a quality, quality footballer as well. Like. It's a it's a difficult one with Mayo. Like Rob Henley's to come back into the team as well. Um, lots of Mayo fans are unhappy with Rory Brickend in the fullback. Maybe he'd be better off at wing back again. Like that's a discussion for another day as well. Maybe they move David McBride into fullback. I don't know how they'll do that. But Oshie Mullen seems to be a loss there. That's a big big loss. Like Power Gohomora, when he when's he going to come back to the team? If he comes back, like Mayo would be um set as well. So I think there's still some positives for Mayo, and I I think there's still you know, a steeliness about them from Kevin McStay. I think that's changed. But the problem is, like, just the end of games, just game management. And Mayo have had this problem for years. And I, I don't think it was fixed yesterday. Maybe it's a work in progress. We see with Cork, for example, like Cork defended terribly last weekend and now all of a sudden they defend well this weekend. Kevin McStay knows two weeks to solve this and say to his players, look, calmness, Calmness on the ball, get the get the proper shooters in, and and go for the points. Then and kill off the game. You know they weren't doing that against Armagh. They haven't been doing it over the last few years. That's why they create the chaos. So yeah, but the point the, um, there's a few positives for Mayo, and the main one being Kevin McSee has two weeks to fix that problem. Yeah, absolutely. Like and and, and certainly a lot to work on from a, from a Kevin McStay point of view. I mean, I imagine I'd be happy that. You know, looking at the first two games, they've come away with not losing any of the games, but at the same time, they'll certainly be disappointed that they didn't hang on against Armagh because they had a, a more, you know, a five-point lead. And as you said, that Owen McLaughlin chance, um, all he has to do is keep the ball. There's a whole host of things he could do there, and I think the one thing he couldn't do was was go for it and put it miles wide. And unfortunately, that's uh, that was obviously the scenario that happened. Looking at some other results from uh, Division 1, Toronto obviously started their Division 1 campaign, uh, or I suppose got their Division 1 campaign up and running with a win against Donegal, winning 16 points to 8. A result that probably did surprise some people in some respects. Look, Toronto are always, always very strong in Healy Park. And, you know, I think if we had been predicting Toronto Donegal a week ago, maybe before last weekend, I think a lot of people maybe would have predicted Toronto to win the game. But... Obviously, haven't seen Donegal be Kerry and Tyrone's lacklustre performance against Roscommon. A lot of people lean towards Donegal here, but fair play to Tyrone. They they stood up. They got the victory. Dara Canavan, impressive with, uh, with with three points. I thought he played well against Roscommon last week as well, in fairness. Um, Dara McCurry doing the business. Podrick Hampsey got a cornerback. So, Tyrone, they'll be happy to, to get their season started. And I suppose they've gotten their season started a lot earlier than they did last year. They have, yeah, a very, very good win. And uh, yeah, I probably would have predicted um, a Tyrone win probably two weeks ago. But look at them last week and looking how Donegal got over a Kerry team 
there was I know they were still a second race and carry team, but still to get over the line there was a brilliant achievement for them. But to win the game by eight points, that was a brilliant win for Tyrone there. But the the worry I'd have with Tyrone, I was I'm doing scores obviously for the Alliance League. They have 15 different scores, but only three of them have more than a point. And I I did I consider that a worry. For Tyrone, if I was a Tyrone fan, like only Darren McCurry, Derek Hannibal and Kieran McGeary have got more than one point this Alliance League campaign. And that's that's worrying, I think. And it shows that Colin McShane still isn't hitting form. Niall Snowden, you look at um, who else you now there, David Mulgrew was a point on the board, Richard um, Donnelly, um, Peter Hart. But, but I'm thinking they need to push on a bit more. They need to get more scores on the board. Like you can't, like imagine Derek Hannibal and Darren McCurry have an off day. What are Tyrone going to do then? You know, so that's that's a big um, obstacle for Tyrone to go over. As for Donegal, 21 points in the Alliance League in the first two games. No goal scored. And it probably just showed they don't have a goal threat anymore. Like Jamie Brennan used to be a goal threat in some games, but he doesn't seem to be getting near the goal. Paddy McBrearty, I think, has only scored two points in this Alliance League campaign. Like, this isn't... Like, Paddy McBrearty, by now, I'd say, last year would have got, I don't know, close to 10 points. He's that kind of a player, and he's only got two points on the board. It's pretty bad return for a guy that um, you know, was supposed to stand up and uh, be counted with Neil McGee and Michael Murphy gone. So, Johnny Gaw need to fix that in, in due course, definitely. But good win for Tyrone, but I would still be worried about uh, their attackers so far this season. Yeah, like and as we were saying before, I mean, I did see Rory Canavan obviously named on the on the bench, which is obviously good to see, and you know, like. A, I'd imagine, like I suppose it's one of them things with some of the players opting out in the last couple of years. You're Tiernan McCanns, you're Lee Brennan, Paul Donaghy, these lads. Like that, that is the worry for Tyrone, isn't it? Like that. Although they do have quality forwards in Darren McCurry, um, Dara Canavan, as you mentioned before, there, but not having that extra option maybe to come off the bench, like that could be that could be key to, I suppose, hurting Donegal further down the line if you can shut them lads out. Exactly, yeah, and it, it will improve for Tyrone. You think like last week was it was a disaster really defensively, and not many people were talking about um, their attacking threats at all. But it it all it, it was all, it only came to me actually last night when I yeah, totted up the scores. Like I know it's fifteen different scores, but like you'd expect some of them players to step up more. Like Carl McShane, for example, you would have thought he'd kick on after that all Ireland final in twenty twenty one. Rory Canavan, that's a good sign. He's a very very good player indeed. Connor Cush, would he get involved this year or has he got involved? He he's not seems to be on the scoring sheet at all. So like Tyrone still have a lot of work to do attacking wise. And the fact as well, they were playing like maybe the result last week masked all the problems for Donegal in a way. Like maybe like we've seen it with um Kerry at stages. We'll get on to Kerry in the minutes, but um at stages in the Kerry game, they look disinterested in the league. Um and they probably looked disinterested last week as well. So maybe that masked over Donegal's problems. And a lot of people are thinking Donegal are back on the road. But this defeat would set them well back now, Donegal. Um, like it, it's going to be a big, big chance for Paddy Carr to rejuvenate these players. Good win for Tyrone. But geez, after this result, I'd be more worried about Donegal's prospects, to be honest with you, because that's no goal scored. Didn't look threatening yesterday, so yeah, I'd really, really worry for the for the Donegal lads. Yeah, like I mean, as you said, like Paddy McBurthy with a point, Jamie Brennan with two points, 
Connor O'Donnell's look lively. Like he's he scored two points, but generally from a Donegal perspective, like they did only finish with thirteen points against Kerry, which was enough to get the victory. But yeah, like I mean, like it, obviously to, to get that win over Kerry was huge for them. And look, they could go out next week and and possibly pull off a win, and then you know things are looking up again. But as you said, not really looking too positive in terms of scoring wise at the other end of the pitch. No, it isn't at all. And so I think they're they're one of the worst scorers overall in the league as well, Donegal. And um one of a few teams like they've scored the same amount as Watford. Let that sink in as well. And Watford have been pretty, pretty terrible in division four as well. So no, it doesn't look good for Donegal at all. Like at all. Like you you'd have to you'd fancy them to beat Monaghan. But then again, I think Monaghan actually showed more attacking threat than Donegal. So again, you'd worry for them there as well. Like I'm looking, look at where's the wing going to come out in a Monaghan Mayo? Probably not. If Kevin McStay still has a few weeks to recover and things like that. Armagh and their form at the moment? No. Galway? I don't think so. So like it's going to be very difficult to see where Johnny Gall can get two points. Even Ross Common, who are in brilliant form at the moment, I don't see Johnny Gall winning that game either. So it's going to be very, very hard to see where Johnny Gall pick up points if their attack doesn't improve. And you look to the main men. You look, as you mentioned before, Paddy McBriarty, Jamie Brennan, Joel Bratty Walsh is a player I'm interested in. Maybe he should start. I think I think he, he in his soccer days, he was an excellent player. He's been very good for Letterkenny IT or, or as it's called now, ATU Donegal in the Cigarettes and Cup in recent years. Maybe he's worth a shot in the team to, you know, give them an extra bit of firepower. But at the moment, the likes of Paddy McBriarty and Jamie Brennan, they, they seem to be anonymous in the first few games. I know Conor O'Donnell's done well, Quaylon McCallaghan did well last weekend. But other than that, Donegal have been very poor. And I'd really, really worry about this Donegal team. I said at the start of the league, they'll get relegated. And I think Conor will stick to that prediction. Yeah, like, and I suppose moving on, uh, another result that I suppose maybe surprised some people, maybe didn't. Russ Common sealing back-to-back wins. Obviously not the... Greatest game from from what people have uh, have said and whether weather conditions played into that, I'm not entirely sure. But it was Galway eight points, Roscommon nine points. Um, massive win for Roscommon, back to back wins. And as Keane says here, a great win for Roscommon. Fantastic to see them grind out a deserving win against Connacht rivals Galway. Tougher games are around the corner for the Rossies, but they can take heart from this win and. Look, I think maybe it puts to bed any doubts of Roscommon being relegated. I mean, realistically, you look at it and think you need six points. Um, and look, they've played two games. They've won two. Um, like five points, unanswered points at the end of the game to to seal the victory um, when they only kicked four points up until the 50th minute. So, look, a huge win for Roscommon. And it shows a bit of steel in Roscommon. The fact that they were able to dig out a late win once again. You know, it was the final third against Tyrone last week that was crucial the final third again in this game away to Galway. So if I was a Roscommon fan, you'd be, you know, you'd be very positive about things at the moment. You would be definitely. And what's ironic as well, Davy Burke was unhappy with the performance in some aspects against Tyrone last weekend. He was very unhappy with the performance this week and they still grind out the wins. Like, like this Roscommon team, like, they always had the quality. There's no doubt about that with um, Ben O'Carroll coming in now, Dermot Murta, very good, Kieran Murta. Dara Craig is still proving in this league campaign as well. Look, she's Ross Common have a, a plethora of attacking options. And defensively as well, they're pretty st- stacked as well. Uh, Brian Stack there, and uh, no pun intended. Ross Common fans, the two Daly brothers and Conor Ronan. So very good players in the Ross Common team. The question was, 
did they have the temperament to get it over the line in big games? They didn't last year against Clare or the all Ireland qualifiers. And a lot of questions were asked about that. The mentality of this Ross Common team after that game. But it showed now on, on Sunday what a result for them. Maybe, if I, I don't really want to burst Ross Common from bowling, but maybe God we were affected by the Damien Comer injury at the start. Maybe that just, you know, it was, it was a tough injury to take. And hopefully Damien recovers sooner rather than later. We hope, like he performed excellent last year and hopefully he'll be better, you know, by, by the time summer comes. But, Brilliant win for Roscommon to get over your Connacht rivals like that. In the last few minutes, Richard Hughes kicking the deciding score. What a win for them. And it's Salt Hill as well. Hard place to go. Tough, tough place to go where it's very windy, very wet. And Roscommon still grinds out the victory. And statistically, this was the worst game of the weekend. But Roscommon fans don't give a jot. They won the game. And on to the next round, no, four, four points from four. And Aaron, I think they're pretty safe, really. Yeah, Tesco says uh, that's a big blow for Galway with Comer. Had to go off with an injury. Um, yeah, like I mean, I, I didn't see any of the game or didn't see the injury. Um, but from what I heard, anyway, he was. I think you know the game was stopped for about ten minutes or so. Definitely looked like a, you know, a, a bad injury from a from a Damian Comer perspective. So certainly both of us here wish him you know a, a quick, speedy recovery and everything else. But in terms of it from a Galway perspective, that's that's a huge blow as well not to have him because. We've seen the influence that he had against Mayo on the opening day, you know, and, and how long he could be out for, we don't know. But I suppose they'll be they'll be trying to get Shane Walsh back now as soon as possible, really, in the next couple of weeks, because like Galway just one point from their opening two games. So they do need to be a little bit wary of, you know, they need to start picking up wins soon. They have to, yeah. Like and with this league campaign, the big thing is if you struggle early on, like you you'd have to question yourself where are the points gonna come. You know, I know from experience, like it was, it was tough to watch him, um, Cork, not get a win in five games last season. But for Galway, no matter how good you are, as long as you're not winning, like the the doubtness might be creeping into your head a small bit. And I think they'll be on the phone to Shane Walsh, wherever he is in Mauritius or Ibiza or somewhere anyway. Get on the phone to him, come home, get the nearest flight home because we need points on the board here, uh, Shane. Like uh, Matthew Tierney. Uh, good performance. He scored one one in the two games. Daisy Canadi three points. But other than those players, Galway again like Donegal don't or Tyrone should I say their players don't seem to be scoring much, which is a big thing. And another miss as well. I was thinking Robert Finnerty during the week as well or last week against Mayo. So that's two big injuries in a row for this Galway team. Both were forwards that they run to the All Ireland final last season. And that's two huge misses. And if Galway, I know Galway are a good team. I rate them. They play excellent football and I, I'd love them to do well. But like they need to get points on the board. They need to get Shane Walsh back of the team. But like you could afford, you could get them some slack because of the injuries. But at the, soon, the sooner, they, they, the more often they keep losing, you know, the more desperate they'll get. And yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult few weeks for Galway. Um, like I don't think they need to fix much. I think um, Power Joyce set his team up brilliantly last season. But they just need to take their chances. They need to do better. Like eight points in a game is not good enough. Simply not good enough to beat to beat Roscommon. Roscommon performed pretty well to win the game. But Galway need to, you know, bulk up a small bit and uh, get some get some points on the border else. They'll be looking over their shoulder. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Cyrenish Gaming says that uh, Donegal and Monaghan possible 
relegation. You you'd certainly have to put them to as the as the front runner. Gavin O'Reilly says uh, Armagh Russ Common to uh, are going to be in the league final and. Yeah, you know what? What a spectacle of a league final that would be! You know, two sides that haven't won, you know, major silverware in terms of Division One titles anyway. In I don't know how long. Like, I think Armagh maybe going back as far as two thousand six or two thousand five. Maybe last time they won a league, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I honestly don't know the last time Roscommon won won the national football league title if they ever won it. To be honest, so um, yeah, like you know, both sides looking very, very good, looking strong, and I think it would be great to see both of them go on and uh, and reach. A possible league final. Obviously, you can't rule out Kerry as well. I mean, they got their first win of the season, a comprehensive result uh, against Monaghan, an 11-point win, 316 to 14 points. You had the likes of Donald O'Sullivan coming in there, scoring uh, 1-3. Good performance from himself. Um, some other players standing up like Dara Roach. And obviously, Paddy Clifford coming off the bench, and he didn't look out of place at all either. So uh, Kerry are, are motored up and, and ready to go for 2023. And we were talking about proving Dover's wrong. I think that Kerry team, them group of uh, second team players, definitely proved the Dover's wrong. Like I know Donald Sullivan had real potential after his Sigurdsson Cup exploits, which he well in recent years. He's an excellent footballer, technically. Darrell Roach, in fairness to him, I know Kerry has struggled against Cork in the McGrath Cup. He struggled in the first game against uh, Donegal, but he's been the one shining out in fairness, Darrell. He's been absolutely outstanding. He scored one five in two games. Darrell Moynihan, pretty good as well. Tony Brosnan, got back up to speed as well. Party obviously getting that goal. You'd have to question the Monaghan defending for Pauly's goal, but still, it was a brilliant, brilliant finish. Well taken. Thomas Sullivan had a very good performance as well. Adrian Spillane. So Kerry are motoring along nicely. And do you look, Mr. Clifford, um, Pauly's brother, certain guy, is in the crowd. He's really ready to go. Sean O'Shea is going to be ready to go in the next few weeks as well. So, Jesus, not looking good for, for um, anybody in the league, especially Mayo who are playing in the two weeks' time. And uh, what a spectacle that would be to watch Sean O'Shea and uh, David Clifford live on TG Carr in the next few weeks. It'd be brilliant to see. But um, yeah, Monaghan. Like, I know Monaghan have done well attacking wise versus Conor McCarthy, beyond bad against Stephen O'Hanlon in particular, have done well attacking wise for them. But like, it was like the second half, they just fell apart really, didn't they? Um, like it's going to be very difficult again. Like Donegal, where are the points going to come for this Monaghan team? Like I know, them attacking players have done, stood up well without McManus and the team, but at the same time, like you have to question. I know they performed miracles before, but it doesn't seem as if like only Donegal really are performing pretty badly in Division One at this moment in time. I don't see where Monaghan are going to get points. To be honest with you, other than the Donegal game, Aaron. So it's going to be. Very, very difficult for Monaghan to stay up this year. And I, I pose this question, question to Seamus Brady on my podcast. Will, Arma, will um, Monaghan use up their nine lives? It looks as if it's going that way so far. Yeah, and I suppose some of the Kerry lads there, like Donald O'Sullivan, Darrell Roach, like, do you think, could they come into the Kerry side, like the main starting 15 when the when the championship season comes around? I mean, obviously you've got Paddy Clifford, David Clifford, Sean O'Shea, who I think are all nailed on. I'm not 100% sure with Paul Ganey whether he is going to be part of the Kerry setup this year or whether maybe he stepped away. I don't really know um, what, what, what's kind of going on there. But do you think the likes of uh, Donald O'Sullivan, these lads might maybe sort of make you know uh, a claim to come into Kerry's best team in the championship when that comes around? Another name as well, Stephen O'Brien, is quite interesting as well. Or yeah. has he retired? I'm not sure. But I'm like not he... sure, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's going to be it's going to be difficult for them to get back in the team now, you know. So 
it's going to be very difficult. Like I said about Paul Gain in years, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country. So, like, even he will find it hard. But I think, like, by starting forward along with um, Paul Gain and David Clifford and that forward, I usually would have been Tony Brosnan. But the fact he scored really nothing from play in the first few games, I think you have Darrell Roach or Donald Sullivan there to take the 15 jersey. Like, I'd say, give him a chance, maybe, in Championship. And you can afford to do it in the Munster Championship, Aaron, because like, the competition won't be there, especially in the early rounds against um, either Tipperary or Watford. No offence to them two sides, but I think they're really Division Four standards. So I think Kerry can afford to play nearly a second team in, the, in that particular game. So, like, like I'd say... I'd say Donald Sullivan is definitely out there. Like you've seen him for UL. I, I was questioning how is he going to get in the carry team? Like he's a brilliant player at college level. He needs to take it into inter-county level, and he showed it yesterday. He can definitely take it up a notch. So he'll be definitely up there. Dar Roach. I I wouldn't have seen. I would have seen him as a squad player in recent season, maybe last season, particularly. But this season, mm. I think he's hit the lights out in the McGrath Cup in the league as well with one five from play. Like, yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, I think either one of them two could easily go into full forward and with Ganey and Clifford. So, it's going to be interesting to see how Jack O'Connor mends with his team in the next few weeks. Killian Spillane's another one. Like, we keep talking about Killian Spillane. When's he going to step up into the team? So, you know, um, like, um, maybe the time is now because his, his spot is going to slowly, slowly drift away. The better O'Sullivan and Roach get. Spillane needs to perform well to get back into this team. So, yeah, it's going to be re- very interesting to see his bounce-back ability in the next few weeks as well. Yeah, John says here, uh, Kerry of serious squad depth, missing eight of the team versus Galway last year. And uh, Jack also says here, Kerry depth, even in the uh, in the back line, is insane. Find another top midfielder, they are away. And I suppose they did, obviously, Stefano Cumber came off the bench. So, you know, he was looking fairly good when he came on. He could definitely be a player, maybe to uh, to certainly make an impact. Moving on to uh, the Division Two results, I suppose we have to start with the uh, Cork win away to Kildare, as we were saying there. I mean, it was a a mad game. Like I think Kildare kicked one point, I think, in the first half, which was absolutely bizarre, considering that they're at home in Newbridge. I mean, in their own backyard, we've seen how strong they were at home last year, and considering how poor Cork were against. Mead, I mean, no one could have predicted this, really. Nobody. Jesus, I, I wouldn't have predicted it. I was sitting on your channel very candidly last week. We have no hope against Kildare. Looking at their farm. And we looked at their farm last year. Kerry couldn't win there. Dublin couldn't win there. Monaghan couldn't win there. So I was thinking, how on earth are this car team going to win when we looked so defensively disorganised last week against Mead? But, jeez, I, I wasn't watching the game, so it's a hard one to judge really hard. But... From what I was hearing, Cork had a defensive structure. They were willing to get in Kildare's faces, which is good to hear. But at the same time, Kildare's lateral passing was very, very poor. And like, like there's questions that has to be asked about this Kildare team. Like, you know, I think they've only, you know, I'm checking out, I think five different scores in two games. That's not good enough, really. When you look at it, Jack Robinson, Jimmy Highland, Neil Finn, Derek Hiram, and Ben McCormick, who's got a single point. Kildare have offered nothing. And it's a, it's very difficult to see how they recover. Like I'd be worried. I know I bang out about Cork and all that, but I'd be worried about Kildare. I looked at their fixtures last night. They've Clare away next in Ennis. They don't have a good record against Clare. After that, they're home to Derry, and then they're away to Loud in Drogheda. That's going to be a hard three games now for Kildare. 
I'd really, really worry for them. Compounded on that, the Leinster Championship draw, they're on the same side as Dublin. Mm-hmm. They're in serious danger now of dropping down to the Tantian Cup. Like it's going to be a big, big few weeks for Glenn Ryan and his players now. You would have thought, like yesterday, it was the time to win a game, especially against a car team who were fragile last weekend. But, jeez, oh, it didn't It didn't end up that way. And I was looking at the score midway through it. I was like, is my app glitching or what? What's going on? Am I living on a different planet? Because, like, one seven to no score inside the first 25 minutes or something. What is going on here? You know, it's in... No, but she so I'd love to hear the comment section now. What could they are actually I, I didn't get the chance to speak to Kildare fans now privately, but what could they are that bad? Or were Cork just defensively sound and willing to break or something like that? I, I don't know what went on, really, but mm-hmm. very good win for Cork. Look at the scores. Sherlock scored four points this weekend again, eighteen points overall, brilliant showing from him. Brian Hurley scored four points as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance from him. Brian O'Driscoll. Back on with three points as well from uh, number 12. Very good performance. Sean Powder, Carl O'Mahony, who let us, let's not forget was playing 80 minutes of Sigurdsson Cup on Wednesday and he comes off the bench and scores 1 1. So, pretty good performance from him as well. So, yeah, very good performance. And Kildare had the least score out of any team this weekend, seven miles. I don't know, could you blame Kildare for that or credit Cork? But either way, look, I'm happy. Two points on the board after um, a disaster last week and look. No pressure now going into the Dublin game. So, look, I'm, I'm happy, Aaron. Happy with the result. But I doubt Kildare fans would be very happy after. Yeah, and, and Richie Ryan also said here, was Cork very good or Kildare bad? Um, also says Kildare looks very good against Dublin. Surely just a bad day at the office can turn into a bad team in a week. And yeah, like, and I think that blends into, you know, how surprised we really were. Like, and... I suppose not not getting to see any highlights of this game is a little well. I suppose we've seen a little bit on on Allianz League Sunday, didn't we? But not too much really. Like, and only Kildare fans who were who were at the game will be able to know what went wrong. But it, it was very surprising because it just it was so out of character for Kildare. Like when you look at how they performed under you know under Glen Ryan, I know they got hammered against Dublin in the uh, Leinster final, um, and that was probably when you look at Glen Ryan's tenure, you could probably pick that out as a a bad result but then again they are coming up against Dublin in Crow Park in a Leinster final it is a tough game aside from that like even in the games they've lost like they've been fairly consistent they've battled hard they've shown spirit they've fought tooth and nail for the full 70 minutes plus injury time so the fact that they didn't show any of that in this game from what I've seen anyway finishing with a point after the first half like it it is quite baffling it is, yeah. And even like you know, I was seeing that league Sunday as well, the post match interviews as well from Glenn Ryan, especially, he was speechless after it. Like, yeah. he, you could see his expression, he couldn't believe what happened, you know. So, geez, it's a huge, huge week for Kildare. They probably just showed, and like league Sunday as well, Lee Keegan calling John Cleary pass that just summed it up. Like, they didn't know uh, who was playing and things like that. It was, yeah, they were getting the presenter's name wrong as well. <laughs> oh, did we? <laughs> yeah, I see that. Jesus, like it was a mess all night. I thought it was just me. Like, Jesus, <laughs> it, was, it was very bad. I'd say we do a better job, Aaron. We should be banging on our teacher or go down to Donnybrook and say, like, we're doing it here on GFAN TV. We want the job of the Sunday game, though, because you keep getting the names wrong. So, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, for Kildare, it's, uh, geez, it's very, very bad. I was, I was seeing the comments on Kildare. Uh, Kildare GA 
um, Jay's tweet on Twitter, the full-time score on Loki, lads. And loads of them were saying one point would be on Loki, 13 points is a disaster. And there was no fight, no pace, no anything. And Kildare fans were very, very angry after us. Very angry from one of us hearing anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually heard more from Kildare fans than Car fans. So I actually don't know. Were Car actually that good? Or Kildare terrible? I, I don't know mm. what what happened there. But, um, yeah, it's a big win for Cork. Big win. Um, you look at the next few weeks. No, maybe this is something, something as well, Aaron, that's kind of top my mind as well. Maybe Cork performed well in a tighter pitch. I know it's something small now, but... We performed poorly in Parky Heave last weekend in a wide, wide pitch against Meath when we were exposed. And against Kildare, we could implement our defensive style and we didn't allow anything. And as well as that, I've seen some um, pictures. I know pictures can't tell anything from a game, really. But I've seen a few of them of car players swarming around Kildare players, not alone them space. You know, so that's a pretty, pretty good, a pretty good sign from John Cleary's team. Yeah, very good signs indeed. But, um, yeah, there's a question now. Will Cork go for top four or will we will we um, settle for a relegation battle? We'll have to see in the next few weeks. But it's a big win for Cork. Huge win. Despite the fact it wasn't showing much at League Sunday, I was quite disappointed over that. But um, yeah, for Kildare, as I mentioned, the fixtures in the next few weeks, it does not look good for Kildare. And I would have thought they'd finish about fourth or third, especially after last season's exploits in Division 1. Looks pretty bad now, Ireland. We talked about Galway. The, the longer it goes on, the more questions are going to be asked. Same replies for Kildare. But this is a big, big few weeks now for Glen Ryan. Yeah, Billy says, uh, very impressed with Cork this year. James O'Donoghue said they are dark horses. I agree, Cork could be All-Ireland semi-finalists uh, or Munster winners, Cleary and Walsh. Good, good management team. I mean, see, that's the thing with Cork, though, isn't it? Like, it, 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 there seems to be... No in between, and I think I've I've even said this to you, and even in my in, in my maybe in my predictions video, like I think I might have even said it wouldn't surprise me if Cork be Kildare, but lost to Mead. And to be fair to me, they are looking very strong. We'll get onto them in a moment. Maybe they're a lot better than what we give them credit for. But like it, that that does seem to be the case with Cork. Like you even look at that year you beat Kerry in the Munster semi-finals, then lost to Tipperary. Like it, it's it's not our character for Cork to pull out results when they least expect it. But then in games where we do expect them to win, they seem to fluff their line. So, like for me, really for Cork, it's just about building consistency because you can see the talent levels. You know, you're not a million miles off all Ireland semi-finals. I wouldn't say you're at that level yet, but you're not. You know, you're not a million miles away. Yeah, it's it's, it's a quite interesting one. I think. A few years ago in 2017, kind of epitomised that, and it's still there. Like one week we were beating a Watford team that has no interest in football by only a single point, and it was embarrassing coming out of that night down in Dungarvan. And then the next few weeks we give Mayo a game, but we should have beat them after extra time. That's Cork in a nutshell. Like it's just you know one good one good showing, one terrible showing, and yeah, one disastrous showing. Yeah, and I said it in a tweet after the match yesterday. Look. It was a good result for Cork yesterday, but I wouldn't say all our semi-finals are monster winner. I wouldn't at all because what happened last week against Meath, some of the defending was diabolical last week. Let's be real. The goals we conceded were avoidable, you know. Um, like it seemed to be fixed this week, but the problem is, and then you mentioned it correctly there on consistency. We need to put up a good performance now against Dublin. I don't think we're going to win against Dublin now in Parky Cave at all. I think Dublin are still miles ahead of us but at least 
show us a performance. Get stuck into them. You know, right from the off and see where it goes from there. The next game after Dublin then against Limerick, we have to win that. If we don't win against Limerick, then, you know, the walk against Kildare will be going down, down the drain. And funnily enough, I know Limerick are performing terribly in Division 2, but, and I know Carr performed well yesterday, but there's some part of my mind thinking we could lose to Limerick. You know, it's it's this kind of a team, you know. So, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be battering down the hatchet just yet. I would not see all Ireland semi winings and I will not say promotion or anything like that. Look, it was a win yesterday, but we need to keep our feet on the ground, go again next time against Dublin, win again, win the games we should be winning, at least, against Clare, against Lowell, against Limerick, and see wh- where the Dublin and Derry games take us after that. But, look, it was a win yesterday, next game now. That's that's all I'm thinking, really. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not um, battering down the hatch, to, as I said there. Look, it was a win. We have to move on now. Yeah, Sarah Nash Gaiman says here, uh, did you hear what the MGA County Board Twitter said about the uh, down Bally Cran facilities? And as Meadman says, it wasn't the County Board, it was just the, the Twitter account. But yeah, it was it was quite bizarre, all right, to be honest. I mean, when I seen screenshots of the tweet, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think it was real. I thought, you know, that that, that cannot be real. Like, there has to be a, a Photoshop or whatever. Like, there's, there's no way that can happen. But yeah, like that was quite bizarre. Like I presume whoever's in charge of the Meads Twitter account obviously forgot to to sign out and maybe they they thought they were on their own personal account. But um yeah, like it, it was quite bizarre. It's fair to say maybe that person is probably no longer in charge of uh Meads Twitter account. Oh, no, no, not all and does he know actually if he if he's although he's watching this now, but does he know on Twitter when you're doing a tweet you could just click the circle and change the account? <laughs> Like Jesus! Like, oh, it was it was it was a uh, like Colin Parkinson talking about comedy as well, and uh, did the dome manager going and she and saying you're a disgrace of a person. That's another controversy yeah. here as well. So yeah, why why does a uh, Woolly need to get involved? Really, like it's it's ridiculous, you know. But um, I've never been to Ballycran, never in my life, so I, I can't uh, comment on the pitch. But um. No, you, you shouldn't say that. Probably, probably forgot to show you know what things are. But I think, yeah, as you said, I think it's safe to say he got his P45 right away. Um, yeah, did he did he get a, you know, his sacking fee or something like that? He probably didn't know. But um, yeah, very, very rookie mistake to make. And uh, yeah, I think he's paying the price now. Where, where is he going to get the next job, Aaron? Probably the butchers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think, yeah, like quite, quite, quite bizarre, to be honest, um, seeing, seeing that from a, from an actual official county. Um, it, it was quite bizarre, and I'm not 100% sure, like really. You're nearly thinking as well, did Miji Yega hacked or, or what did, what happened? But obviously they have released a statement condemning it and, and everything else. And as you said, like the down manager getting involved and you know seeing things are getting a little bit political as well like it, it, it was quite a, a bizarre scenario really but maybe on a more positive note from a me perspective um they did obviously be clear in park talchin um in their own backyard four goals and eight points to clear's 16 points back-to-back wins now for Mead. seven goals in two games so i suppose carrying on the trend like there was a trend under andy mcatee where they were scoring a lot of goals and it seems like all my work has, has kept that trend. Like seeing Donald Lenehan in there with 2-2. So from a Mead perspective, I mean, they're getting goals, they're getting wins and um, a lot of positivity around Mead football at the minute. 
There is, yeah. And I suppose this result kind of epitomised me as well. Like Maybe I was too harsh on Cork as well because this me team are pretty good at the moment. Like when you think about it, I rate them as relegation. I didn't know who their players were. I didn't really rate Colin Moore as a manager considering he never managed an inter-county football before this season. So, like if I said, it was a big job and he's saying, but he's doing well so far. In fairness, it's a very good win yesterday. But uh, Claire will feel hard done by Gain 16 points in Park Talton still losing the game. And apparently, according to me, fans, they performed very poorly and still won it. So that's a good sign of a team as well. So very, very good performance from them. A negative there for me is Shane Walsh went off with an injury 13 minutes in. Uh, Matthew Costello went off with an injury for DCU as well last week. Colin Rourke said it um, in his post-match interview as well. Very interesting. And to be honest, I'd probably agree with him. Like I'd agree with him there completely. Like I wouldn't... I, I wouldn't say me is my favourite county now after the last few weeks and stuff like that, but I, I'd 100% agree, but maybe there's a time, there, there has to be a time now where Secrets and Cup has to be in a spe- um, specific month in January and then start the league in February because it will just avoid injuries then. I mean, you know, it's it's ridiculous really when you think about it. Them two lads were asked to play for me against Cork in Parkley Heave on the Sunday and then travel up to Dublin again for DCU on the Tuesday. These are amateur players, like. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a few questions over that, and I definitely agree with Colin Morocco on this. And no, as a consequence, they're probably going to be without them two star men for the Derry game in two weeks' time as well, which is a crucial game for me. So, geez, I'd be asking more questions if um, I was Colin Morocco as well. So, yeah, big, big decisions for the G8 main for the calendar, I'd say, next season because. I think I was on a video last week about um, you know, the GA calendar with Seamus Brady as well. And yeah, there was a load of points there. Maybe the GA should look at that video as well. Just take a few pointers out of that. Because look, and even even um, me and Seamus went on about um, the group stages in the honour. That's just adding to more games as well. And that's going to add to more injuries. Why does the GA need to do this? Why are you putting more pressure on amateur players like this? Really, it's it's needless... It's ridiculous, and like there was a there was a fine championship system last year with the Talty Cup and the two qualifier rounds. If it ain't broke, the same. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why did the GA need to fix it this season as well? Like it's no, it's um, pretty pretty annoying arm when you think about it, and uh, it's a shame really for the two lads, Costello and Walsh, because they performed excellent against Cork, and for DC Walsh performed very well last week for DCU as well. And now their seasons could be cut short because of overplaying them. And it's a shame. It's a real shame. Mm. Like, is there an argument, though, as well? Like, because obviously Colm O'Rourke is, is coming out and saying that, you know, these players were playing Sigerson Cup during the week. And you can't fault it from the players' point of view because they want to prove themselves. You know, Shane Walsh had an excellent game for Mead last week. He wants to, you know, put his foothold down on the side, prove he's deserving of a starting place. But... Could there be an argument there as well that Colm O'Rourke should have been the bigger man and, and just not played them and and maybe, you know, brought them off the bench or or something of that nature? Because I suppose it's one thing, obviously, criticising, obviously, a lot of players playing Sigerson Cup and, and player welfare and everything else. But at the same time, he still chose to play the players. Um, do you know that way? Like, so, like, like, in my opinion, I almost look at it and think, I understand where he's coming from and I think he's not wrong. But at the same time, he still chose to play those players when arguably he couldn't have. Now, I know he wants to pick his best available team to get the win. Division 2 is very, very important. But 
at the same time, he could have maybe looked at the bigger picture and looked at it and thought, well, you know, these lads were playing during, you know, during the week. So maybe I shouldn't start them or bring them off the bench. Do you know that way? Maybe so. But Division 2 is so important this year, Aaron, when you think about it. When you look at the championship structure this season, when you look at the Tag Team Cup, like, we could have lost that. Well, we don't know. Like, Shane, they cope well without Shane Walsh, as it turned out yesterday. They still won the game, even when him going off after 13 minutes. But Colmer Rook is in a fortune teller, you know. Um, he, he wouldn't have known um, if they could have coped without Shane Walsh or not. Usually, as I said before, I wouldn't defend me in usual circumstances, but I'd defend Colm O'Rourke here. I really would. Like, when you think about, like, Division 2 especially, and even if it's far said it rightly last night in League Sunday as well, Division 2 is so important this season because if you drop into the relegation zone, I know me won last weekend, but they could easily do that as well. If they avoid just one or two slip-ups, they could be dragged into, you know, um, bottom half of Division 2 and when you look at the draws this season as well Sligo or Leitrim could be in a conic final and they'll go into the All-Ireland in a sixth place in Division 2 place as well Westmead might not be promoted either so there you could have two places in Division 2 gone you know and yeah I think this is the time to risk that all that I think I think the league needs to be taken seriously especially in Division 2 and Division 3. I think Division 1 and Division 4, you could have an argument. But in Division 2, personally, I don't think you have to play your best players. It's getting to that stage now because the league ties into the championship completely. And, like, if Matthew Costello and Shane Walsh weren't playing against Cork, let's say, last Sunday, would they have won the game? You know? There, there's the argument for that as well. So, you know, I, I, I still would have played them. I see your point. I see your point of bring them on and all that, but I, I'd be more on the point the point of view that Division 2 is so important. You need to play your best players. And, yeah, I think it's the J issue, I think. I think you need to structure it a bit better. I think have January and December, possibly a bit of December for colleges and then a February for the league. Problem solved. You know, and I think... It's an easy tweet the GA have to make. And as well, they're not helping each other. I know we're being at the hurling in the minutes as well. They're not helping um, themselves as well with hurling semi-finals in the league. What what are the day for like? You know, it's it's huge troubles with the calendar. And I, I blame the GA for this and not Colin Moreau personally. But again, I can see your point. Yeah, like I, th- I think they really need to get get rid of preseason competitions, probably as well. Like I think allow counties to schedule challenge matches, um, you know, during during the sort of season before the the start of the league. I think most counties realistically only want to play two or three preseason games, anyways. Um, and I don't think really there's too much care for the competitions themselves. Um, like you look at Longford, for example, who we might get onto a little bit later you know, won the O'Byrne Cup, but have had a, a very poor start to the league. So, like, could there be a question there that they went too strong in the O'Byrne Cup and now have actually dealt themselves into a bit of bother with, again, too many games? So there definitely is a, a lot of uh, a lot of question marks over that um, scenario. Uh, Dublin, they got, got themselves a second win of the season. They beat Limerick away from home, 217 to uh, 1-11. Uh, yeah, obviously a win from a Dublin perspective. I didn't see any highlights on Allianz League Sunday. Um, I'm not too sure if there was highlights, but I had to stop watching the show just towards the end. Um, but it was a good good result in the end for, for, for Dublin. Again, some question marks over the second half performance. Um, 
think Limerick actually outscored Dublin in the second half. And from speaking to some Dublin supporters, there was an air of maybe a little bit of negativity. But, I mean, they went out, they done the job. Like, they were home and hose, really, in the first half. So, you know, although it was in the end, what, a nine-point win, you know, or mm. nine-point win, wins a win in the end. It is, though, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to judge these games when you haven't watched them, really. Like, a game like the Kildare and Cork game, I've only seen photos and stuff like that. Even looking at the photos, it's just weird. You think about Dublin being a league game in the Gaelic grounds. You know, you, you, it's, again, you'd be thinking really big on a different planet or something. But, yeah, they got over the line, point points, another goal. Dean Rock, another goal as well. And, yeah, it was easy, easy win for them. Um, for Limerick as well, like... Maybe you have to credit Limerick a small bit as well for coming back into it the second half the way they did. They didn't throw it in the soul. So maybe just that sort of argument as well. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one with Dublin though. See, like, is there a question? Will Cork give them a test in the next few weeks in the Park of Chief? I, I don't know. Will they Will they give a big test to them? Derry definitely will up in Old Bay or Celtic Park, should I say. They'll definitely will there. You would have thought Kildare would, but when you looked at Kildare yesterday, you, is that a worry for you, actually, Aaron, considering Kildare only, only were a point off you and then performed poorly against Cork? Then? So does that kind of worry you as a Dublin fan? It could be, actually, a little bit, because actually when you think about it, like when Dublin played Kildare we'd, in the first half with every man inside around 45, we didn't, get, we didn't get at them. We didn't go after them. And I presume that's what Cork done against Kildare. They just went at them from the from the first whistle, got in behind them. And we've seen Kildare have defensive issues in the past. Like last year, Dublin put a number of goals, like five goals past them in the first half. Mayo, I remember, had tons of goal chances in that game um, when they played Kildare in the qualifiers. So, and, and obviously Cork have got two goals against Kildare at the weekend. So, like, yeah, like maybe it could be the approach that Dublin take to playing Cork. Um, you know, like I, I think Dublin need to get after teams, especially in Division 2, like it. We shouldn't be sitting back defending and everything. Like you've seen against Limerick there, like obviously didn't see the game, but in the first half, I presume we went after them, we got at we got at them, pull up a big score. And then if there is a drop off in the second half, well, at least you have the game won. Whereas against Kildare last week, you know, we left ourselves a, a, too much to do really. And going down the home stretch, Kildare nearly actually pulled it back. Um, and this has been actually a team under Desi Farrell in particular. When you look back to 2021, our second half performances haven't have been nowhere near as good as our first half performances and we have an element of just completely switching off and game management goes out the window so yeah there there, there may be as one or two worries there but at the same time I would look at it and think it you know it, it is a time to put the game right and and as we've seen with Cork like they they have plenty of vulnerabilities as well so I think from a Dublin perspective it would be just get get after them rather than sitting back and defending I can understand maybe if you're playing Kerry or Mayo further down the line, um, Armagh, Galway. But I think when you're playing Division 2 sides, you need to just get after them, you know, because the, the talent is clearly there. It is, yeah. It's going to be an interesting game now, Dublin Car, to see Dublin's approach. Will they try for um, try again this defensive system for Kerry or Mayo down the line, which you mentioned last week as well? Or will they just go at them? Honestly, look, they have to go at them, I'd say. From, from a Dublin point of view, they have to go at Cork because Cork, as we seen last week, there's defensive problems, especially in a wide pitch. If Dublin get the foothold on them, they can go after them. So it's going to be a big, big game. And even the names of the team sheet, like I look again, what's his name? Greg McEnany, Darren Newcomb, a few of them players. Like, look at, 
I think we've seen them in a few under twenty teams, but like it, it's kind of strange seeing them kind of players on the team. King Ogar as well. Like I think the midfield actually, I looked at your midfield. I think that's probably the best midfield that you have in Power Coffee Brown alongside Brian Fenton. I think Coffee Brown is a smashing player. You should probably play him even more. So it's going to be interesting to see what approach Dublin take in the next few weeks. David O'Hanlon, I think, is probably your goalkeeper to go with. I, think, I honestly think he's better than um, than uh, Evan Comerford. I think Comerford might be more of um, kind of like a Jordan Pickford type of player in soccer. But I think quality was I think David O'Hanlon is a better player. I don't know. I don't know. Would you agree with me on that? But it's going to be interesting to see Dub- Dublin's approach against Cork. It's going to be very interesting because like, it's going to be interesting to see Cork's approach as well because of what I was hearing against Kildare, our defence was very strong. And what I'm he- like from what I'm hearing and stuff like that, it'll be very interesting to see if Dublin play a defensive system, Cork play a defensive system. That's going to be some boring game then, Aaron. And the fact it's going to be live in TG Carroll. I, I honestly hope it doesn't go to that. I really don't. I hope those, both, both sides don't play a defensive system as they played both times against Kildare times in the games. But we'll have to see in the next few weeks. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, it was a win against Limerick. Look, they were going to win the game. It was a question by how many and how much points. And um, yeah, they won the game. Next game against Cardinal for Dublin. Yeah, plenty of uh, comments flying in here. Keane says, uh, Mead are heading in the right direction. Their litmus test will be how they fare against Dublin. And Derry Calm work has got Mead football uh, moving again. Daniel says Mead very good. Have to remember, still have players to come back like Connor McGill and uh, and Brian Menton. And yeah, like I think from a Mead perspective, like there's not a huge amount of pressure on them necessarily to get promoted. I think a lot of people would look at Dublin and Derry in the favourites. But what I would say is like that Mead game against Dublin in Navan, second last game, the last home game in the league for Mead. Like if you can go into that game with the possibility of maybe overtaking Dublin going into the last game. If you can make a real occasion out of that game and make it matter, you just never know. You've seen what happens with, with Dublin when they went to Kildare last year. So I think that's the main thing for me, really, is just to be going to that Dublin game with an opportunity and a chance of 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 the promotion. And whether you do or you don't, I think you know, there's not 100%, 100% of, uh, of pressure there. But we'll touch on Loud against Derry briefly. It was uh, Loud 1-11, Derry 2-11. Um, was looking at it on score Bio. Derry hit 1-3 in the final 15 minutes. So again, Loud had themselves in a very, very good position to pull off what would have been a huge result and a result that not many people would have seen coming considering how well Derry started against Limerick. But yeah, like an interesting, although Loud conceded 1-3 in the last 15 minutes, like they did push Derry close so they can take some positives. And then I suppose from a Derry perspective, when the going got tough, they found an answer. They got the points in the goal and in the end, it mightn't have been the most prettiest win, but it was a win. It was a win, yeah. And uh, we wanted to keep tabs of this game as well. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see this load were two points up with a few minutes left. So I was thinking, our load going to pull off a scalp here. And I was thinking with two points up, they're going to do the usual load thing, par 15 men behind the ball and it, and just invite pressure on for Derry. And Derry are going to find it hard to get a goal. And lo and behold, they got a goal. I, I, I just came out of nowhere, really, with uh, Noel Toner hitting the back of the net. And, um, yeah, Noel Toner hitting one, one of the last few minutes. He's some, some sort of a hero now for Derry because that was a sticky game to come out of um, that game. Like, yeah, you would have thought Derry scoring one something in the first few minutes, Shane McGuigan scoring a penalty. You're thinking, oh, here we go, Lode are going to fall apart here. But at the same time, when you look at Lode, they recovered brilliantly. 
Um, I think it was Liam Jackson that got the low goal. Maybe Tom Jack, one of the Jacksons anyway, uh, got the low goal. And they were level at halftime. They were in the game. But then, Derry, they found a way to win a game. And that's a good sign of the team as well, Aaron, because um, Derry, they weren't performing particularly well, but they still won it. So that's a good sign of the team. And uh, they'll definitely be a um, big team to beat. That game against me, no. And that's not even RT in uh, Owen Big. That's going to be some game. It's a some atmosphere as well up there. So it's very looking, very much looking forward to that. But in regards to lows, if I was a low fan, I'd be sickened. I wouldn't say you know zero points disgrace and all that. They came. They were three points ahead of Clare and lost the game. They were two points ahead of Derry and lost the game. Like low have performed so well in two games and they still have no points on the board. They'll be absolutely sickened by that. But I'd say they'll be encouraged by the performance, but at the same time, we said it before with Galway and Donegal and all them teams, you have to get points on the board sooner rather than later, else questions are going to ask us to ask as uh, weeks go on. Yeah, like I think I think I think there are positives to take there from a loud perspective. And if they can keep up those level of performances, I think you could maybe see them stay up. But obviously they do need to they do need to get results on the board and they do need to um get wins on the board in order to uh, hunt for that survival. Just run through some uh, Division Three results. So it was uh, down two eighteen, Antrim two seventeen. Uh, it was Cavan one nineteen, Tipperary one seven, Offaly one nine, Fermanagh one eight, and it was uh, Longford nine points, Westmead four sixteen. Uh, any results stand out there? I mean, huge result for Westmead, poor enough from a, a Longford perspective, and maybe the down and Antrim game a lot closer than what people expected in the end. Yeah, Don Antrim statistically was the most entertaining game of the weekend. So who would have expected that out of two old Yeah, not many actually, yeah. Yeah, so like it was a very, very good game to watch. And what I was hearing, Don were very, very lucky to come out with a win. Very, very lucky. And again, we talked about it with Derry earlier on. Sean's a good sign of a team. Like Don, a few seasons ago, would have lost that game. But they tried out the win even when they were performing particularly poorly. Um, it's interesting with Antrim, actually, because um, they're keeping their scores and everything. They have the ninth best attack out of any team in the Alliance League so far. And they have zero points in the port. Like, I suppose it's it's a common team with Andy McIntyre. You said at the start of the season as well. He sides attack well. And then defensively, they fall apart. So maybe it's the same for Antrim. But there's a few positive signs for Antrim. Look, two good performance. But again, like loud, no points on the board. And... As the weeks go on, the questions will be asked. Um, Cavan, good win for them. Tipperary, I think. Connor Sweeney gone. I, I don't rate Tipperary's chances at all. Um, good enough win there for Offaly against Fermanagh. They're getting four points of the board, so very good achievement for them. For Longford, I think, they, yeah, they have the worst attack in the league. 17 points. No, it doesn't look good. And we mentioned with Tilbury Cup as well. Like, does it really show much? They, they performed excellently in the O'Byrne Cup. They hammered loud in the final. And they've been terrible in the first two games. Losing to Fermanagh pretty comprehensively. In this game against Westmeath, conceding 4-16. That's a very, very poor showing from Longford and Paddy Christian. They need to get points on the board sooner rather than later. But Westmeath, they're a team to watch. 10 different scores in this game. So it shows you just a bit of variety in this Westmeath team as well. So that's good to see as well. John Henslin hitting the farm, rolling up two, very good Nigel Hearts, very good players all over the field. They're quality side. 
won the Tartan Cup for a reason last year. So Westmead are motoring along nicely as well. So it should be an interesting division in the next few weeks. Yeah, and as Jack says there, as a Longford fan, he says we were dreadful, something wrong. Yeah, like two red cards as well. I've seen uh, just on, on Scorpio there. So, I mean, it is very, very surprising. And, you know, you can accept the feats and everything else, but to lose by that, like, I mean, like that's a, what, a 19-point defeat in, in, in your own division. Like that. I think that's the biggest win so far. I think biggest margin of victory for, for any side across all four divisions. And, um, maybe Leitrim's might have been more, but uh, against Waterford, but that that's yeah, that, that's absolutely bizarre. Make no uh, question about that. Billy says uh, Jack McCaffrey comes back. Will when Jack McCaffrey comes back, it will be huge. Footballer of the year player, one of the best wing backs ever, best attacking wing back I've ever seen. Mannion is also class. Uh, Mannion Callahan unmarkable. Yeah, it's a good point, and we still haven't seen Jack McCaffrey back for Dublin yet, which is you know I would like like to see him get a lot more game time ahead of the, the, the championship. Um, but hopefully we will get to see him maybe against Cork the next day um, or, uh, or at some point in the league. Uh, just run through some Division 4 results then. So it was Waterford 10 points, Carlo 11. It was London 115, Leitrim 312, and uh, Sligo get a win away to Wicklow by 18 points to 12, and Leash 118, Wexford 113. So I suppose uh, Leash back-to-back wins there. Obviously, Sligo getting their first win of the season, Carlo getting their first win of the season, and uh, Leitrim sealing back-to-back wins once again. Yeah, very good. I know Leitrim, they might have had hearts in their mouths in this game against London. They have over the last few years, but a win's a win. Very good win for them, and they statistically have the best attack in the Alliance League, and there's a reason for that. They have the top score and keep born again. This guy, why he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves on League Sunday? 2-17 in two games. That's ridiculous for him. You know, he's an incredible footballer. And the fact he's working with Andy Moore as well, one of the greatest forwards we've seen in our generation as well, oh, it speaks volumes. And uh, hopefully, I know he's been to Pro Park as a punter, but hopefully at some point in his career, in the next few years, he gets to play in Pro Park because he is an incredible footballer, incredible player. Um, yeah, Leash, very good win for them as well. Very, very impressive. Um, two wins in a row. And we said this Leash team would be in a bit of a been, bit of the doldrums, but they've won two games in a row. Very good for them. Carlo, geez, uh, my predictions are terrible because Carlo, I thought, would come close to last in this division. But uh, they've done well. Won another game at the weekend, albeit against Watford, who aren't that great. Well, they aren't great, let's be honest, Aaron. So, um, yeah, good win for them as well. And, um, yeah, good win for Sligo against Wicklow. Oshie McConville needs to get a win on the board as well to stem the nerves there. But, um, yeah, Division 4 should be very interesting between, particularly, I think, Leash, Lee from Carlo and Sligo. I think that'll be our top four at the end of the year. Yeah, Keane says here, two wins for two for Leitrim. Uh, Rooslip is a tough place to come away with a win, but... Leitrim held off a resurgent. London's challenge to win by three points. Still on top spot. Leitrim promotion favourites. Uh, Billy says Leitrim doing well under Andy Moore. And Leitrim are flying at the moment. Leitrim are football mad county, but limited limited resources. Great to see them doing well. Andy Moore, a future Mayo manager. Sligo will only get better as the league goes on. We're very good tactically. 
against Wicklow, Keith Byrne show in uh, in in London, says uh, Richie Ryan there. I suppose before we uh, run on to the uh, hurling results, we'll just run through uh, football team of the week or the GA Fan TV football team of the week. Maybe we'll start calling it obviously chosen by myself um, and we'll see if Matthew maybe has any disagreements. Um, and now obviously, as I said last week, do bear in mind that I haven't seen every game up and down the country, so there might be an element maybe of guesswork a little bit about this side, and you're obviously looking at match reports, seeing what people are saying, and obviously judging off the games I have seen. So uh, this is the side I've gone with anyway. So Noel Morgan in goal there of uh, Tyrone, Podrick Hampsey also of Tyrone in the full-back line, Connor Daly of Roscommon, and Tom O'Sullivan of Kerry make up the full-back line. Paul McRogan of Derry in at wing-back. He, he scored two points uh, in that win, of course, for Derry against Loud. You have Derek McVitie in there for Cavan at centre-back. I thought he very good uh, in at centre-back. Scored three points against Tipperary. Brian Sachs in there of Roscommon. In midfield, Sam McCartan of Westmead and Pat Spillan of Sligo. Half-forward line is uh, Mark Barry of Leash, Rory Grugan of Armagh and Brian O'Driscoll of Cork. And then the full-forward line, Aidan O'Shea of Mayo. Donald Lenehan of Mead and uh, Donald O'Sullivan of Kerry. So plenty of uh, Donalds in there. Any thoughts on that? First of all, Aaron, um, his name's Patrick McGrogan for Derry. Um, so uh, yeah, I so messed that one up. There we go. I've lost, <laughs> I've lost some of the Derry faithful. <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, like, you did have a very good game. Um, very good game against uh, now Darren McVeigh. I agree with most of that team, to be fair. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah, three points. Couldn't ask for much more from Cork. Don Lennon, two goals. Very good. Eight no she isn't like most people wouldn't have kind of you know the let's say the balls to put eight no shame in the team, but Judy Ireland, rightly so. He had a very good performance against Armagh. I thought I thought he played well. Most people wouldn't have thought he played well, but anyway. And uh, Don Sullivan, very good performance for Kerry. Couldn't argue with that. Rory Grogan, very good. I don't think you can argue much about that, Aaron. Again. At the same time, you're just looking at match reports and there isn't much showing a league Sunday either. So, you know, at the same time, I think there was only, what was there, two live games this weekend? So, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Really, you can only judge on the match reports and scores and stuff like that. So, if you're judging by that, I think that's a fair enough thing. Yeah, like in terms of some honourable mentions I listed here, like Dara Canavan, Evan O'Carroll, uh, Rian O'Neill, Connor Turbot, Ross McGarry actually scored four points for, for Dublin, so I thought he he definitely deserved the mention. Uh, Dean Rock also finished with 1-5, albeit I think all of which were, were, were from, I think, one penalty and then placed balls as well. And actually, Brian Lynch of Waterford, I felt like, deserved the show. I was looking on Scorpio, scored eight points from midfield. I do think the majority of which were from place balls, but um, it is it certainly is worth a mention there. Uh, John Heslin, Dara Roach, and, he, and obviously Keith Byrne, as you said there as well, like definitely players who all all deserve um, a mention. And another one as well, uh, Mark Rossiter, I think he scored 10 points for Wexford at the weekend as well. Good mm. show. And did you put Keith Byrne in the team? I actually don't think I did, no. And I'm actually just thinking, mm. maybe I should have, maybe I should have put him in. Um, may, maybe ahead of Aidan O'Shea, but I'm not sure. It's a hard, it, it is a hard one to know because like Donald Lennon's finished with two two. I think two goals were from play and two points were from play. But again, it probably is a lot of uh, a lot of guesswork. And obviously, there's so many games to look at here. Keeper is maybe just one that that got away, uh, as Richie Ryan says. So uh, maybe Keeper does does deserve uh, a mention there, but. Uh, I suppose we'll run through the, the hurling results. We we won't go on for too long because obviously we have 
gone on for quite a while already. But I suppose the one really to talk about was Cork against Limerick. Cork 217, Limerick 22 points. Uh, as you said, a good good weekend for Cork supporters at halftime. It certainly didn't look that way. Limerick were eight points to the good and looking like the Limerick of the championship really from last year. It looked like they'd really sort of, you know, it didn't look like National League Limerick. Uh, it looked more like Championship Limerick. But you you done the business in the second half. You turned it around and got the win. Very good win, yeah. Um, look, it looked pretty bad at halftime with the amount of wide we had. We were thinking, Galway all over again. We haven't solved the problem at all. But, but geez, they showed fight in the second half, Cork. Like, Patrick Horgan really showed the doors, <clears throat> me, um, with 10 points. Very good uh, performance um, from him. And, uh, yeah, four from play. Very good performance from him. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good performance from Cork. But um, a lot of people are saying we've had the trophy game this season. I'm thinking... Have we learned that seriously? You know, like it's the league, it's the first game. Like, you know, concentrate the Munster Championship, see if we can win there. So that's going to be the big be on an end of Cork hurling the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, good performance from Cork. But then one, a few things I want to say, Robbie O'Flynn, hopefully he gets well soon, 1-1. Mm. But he came off, I think it was a broken ankle, I think it was. Hopefully he recovers soon because he had a brilliant performance as well. So, Hopefully he recovers in time for the championship. And just for the Cork fans that boot he and Lynch for coming on, disgrace. Why? Like, like what did he do? Seriously, you know it's. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Really, are we living in a, in a you know, a football culture in the G with amateur play? I don't know what it is. Are but geez, it has to stop now with this. Um, yeah, Key and Lynch, but uh, and he took photos with Cork fans at the end of the game as well. So, um. The question, why the Cork fans would boo him, I don't know, really. But a good win for Cork, but um, um, a bit of a negative thought there. Yeah, like I think from looking online anyway, I think a lot of people were saying it was a section of younger supporters. So hopefully they, they learn from that anyway and don't do that kind of thing Um, within the GA. Um, although it, it does happen, though. Like I've been at plenty of Dublin games down the years where, you know, against Mead and Kildare and players are coming on, they get booed. So it's not... This isn't a first. Like this, this happens quite regularly, and you watch plenty of club games. You see abuse being thrown left, right, and centre. So, um, I did think there was an element of a lot of people gunning for the Cork fans as well, and I, I did feel that was a little bit unfair considering it has happened up and down the country for years, really. But I suppose the fact it was so visible and it was on TV and it was a player being subbed on, like Keen Lynch, and obviously the commentary mentioned it as well. It, it definitely did bring a, a lot more light to it, and hopefully it, it doesn't happen too much, but. As you said there, like I mean, like it, it, obviously you did come back and win, but like it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you've beaten Limerick plenty of times in the league down the years, but it hasn't really meant that. And when the championship comes around, so like, how do you even feel about it? Like it's it, it like in some ways it was great to get the victory, and obviously the players celebrating at the full time whistle and the supporters and everything else, and some of the new lads coming in like Robbie O'Flynn, Declan Dalton looking very good. But as you said there, like I mean. It's hard to know, really, because although Limerick did look very good in the first half, there was a huge drop from in the, from them in the second half. Like I think they only scored what five or six points in the second half. It was, yeah, and it was it was a huge drop off. Like, like I said, I said on my channel when you were on for the Hurley preview last week with with the question, does the league really matter? And a lot of fans would say before this weekend, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have any relevance in the championship at all. So. At the end of the game, yes, it was a good win to get over Limerick, but I'm thinking it's the league. 
you know. Um, but I'm not. I don't really care about. Like I'm thinking, get some players. Um, get some players up to match speed. That was the main thing. Main thing for the league campaign and. What we did actually, we brought in Dickie Dawson. Very good goal. Very well taken goal. And I think that'll give him confidence over the next few weeks. When he brought in O'Sullivan, had a good enough game. And again, Owen Downey from full-back. I thought had an excellent game from playing Rovers. I thought he was very, very good at full-back, especially in the second half. Uh, Park Collins played well as well. So, yeah, but you have to take into account as well that Limerick team it was mostly a second-team arm. When you look at David McCarthy in goal, uh, Dermot Burns wasn't playing. Uh, Aaron Galan wasn't playing. Keane Lynch only came on. Garrett Hayward, he went off early. Um, Graham Mulcahy went came on as well. So it was a mix and match Limer team, and we beat them. Look, move on to the next game now against Galway. And um, yeah, try to get some more players integrated in. But um, yeah, it's the league. I'm not entirely um, you know, off the moon with the results. I know it was a good win, good win to get out in front of our massive support there. But at the same time, it is only the league, Ireland. Some fans probably need to just carve it a small bit. Yeah, Richie Ryan also says here, what a game that was. Great performance from both teams. So early on in the season, need to stamp out that behaviour. These players give great sacrifice for their county. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and considering it is an amateur sport, like you, you know, you, you don't want to see that that, that type of behaviour. Uh, going on just looking at the other two games that were in division 1a so Galway got themselves a win away to Wexford 23 points to uh to 15 and Clare beat Westmead 427 to uh 14 points Mark Rogers in there with 2-2 you had Aidan McCarthy back on the side um I think David Conroy as well scoring five points so um some good positives from Clare uh obviously disappointment from a Westmead perspective but then again, we've seen a lot of these results, and you know, even the Tipperary win against Leash probably in the in the same bracket as well. Yeah, and, and we've seen it over the years. Aren't does these games really matter? You know, are they going to tell a lot about um, these games? Like there was one particular game where Cork scored seven goals against Westmead a few seasons ago, and you're thinking, what are we learning here? You know, it's no offense to Westmead and Leash and Antrim. I know they put so much into hurling, but like the end result is inevitable. Inevitable. They're going to get hammered by these teams. And I, I'm, to be honest, I'm nearly sick of it. And Shame has put up a very good idea as well to have five five division league in hurling, to have like um, six of division one and then six of division two. And then you'd actually have credible relegation and promotion then. And that'll make the league yeah. a bit more exciting. Like it's just not, to be honest, like division one A, one B, literally the same division. Like I said, it's in Seamus podcast as well. That uh, there was a good system a few seasons ago with Division 1A, that's the main division, and Division 1B, that's the secondary division. And they should have just kept it that way, but they changed it. Again, the GA, why do you need to change it? It just, it just, you know, takes the emphasis off the league, and it doesn't really matter at all. Um, Luke, it was a good performance, good um, confidence boost for Brayton McArthur getting five points. But to be honest, I don't think Clare fans would give a draw about the results, to be honest with you. Um, they were expected to win any minute. Yeah, it was a comprehensive win. And as for the other game with Wexford and Galway, I was watching this game as well. Wexford really spurred some chances in the first half of this. And it was um, difficult to watch, really. I, I was, yeah, it seemed to be the same problem again for Wexford. They had a year on year on year. They just can't take their chances. And this is a big thing with Wexford. But probably the reason why they can't be up there with one of the top-class teams in Ireland. That's a big thing. But Galway, 
lot of scores on the sheet. So very good, very um, positive for Henry Sheffield there. Liam Collins, who I think will have a big year coming on. Very good performance. Brian Cullen showing his football skills as well with a point. So very good performance from him. So um, yeah, good win for Galway. But for Wexford, they need to get um, their shooting sorted or else they could have another mediocre year. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, like I did watch the Wexford Galway game as well. Like I thought it was a fairly uneventful game. There wasn't really too much to report or discuss, really. And you, as you said there, I think you put the nail on the head. Really, that the more the game went on, I think the more Galway just just started to pull away, and, and Wexford probably started to to lose grip of themselves. Um, looking at Division One B, Tipperary beat Leash two thirty two to eighteen points. Um, I suppose as you were saying there, like it's hard to judge that kind of a game because at the same time you're looking at it and thinking, you know, we, we haven't probably learned too much about Tipperary or Clare in in those results. Um and and obviously for for those two sides, Leash and Westmead, I mean, because like even looking at Division One A as well, like with Westmead being there, we've got what is it? They're, they're up there with Cork, Limerick, Galway, Wexford and Clare. I mean, I know they drew with Wexford last year, you know, and they might maybe scrape a draw, but even at that, like we we're all sitting there knowing the Westmead are going to get relegated there, like or they're going to be in the relegation playoffs. So, yeah, like in I suppose from a leash perspective, similar similar scenario. And I probably showed in the game leash or drum at the cup team and Tipperary or the McCarthy team, and that's that's it really. Um, yeah, it's again why why these games? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time for Tipperary. It's a waste of time for Leash. It's a waste of time for us, you know, to discuss these games. And yeah, we try, we try to be positive about these games, but we know the end result before the ball is thrown in. Aaron. And it's just, you know, it's a pain. It's just a real pain. And I know Anthony Daly saying Tip could be wants to watch this year. And I think they have outstanding players, no doubt about that. But they didn't learn anything from this game. End off two thirty two against Leach. Move on to the next game, and yeah, there was a few other interesting games in the week, but yeah, Tipperary clear hit the nail in the head there. Didn't learn anything at all, really. Yeah, Keane says here a great result for Dublin drawing with Waterford. You could look at that, but in some ways, I actually disagree. I mean, we Waterford finished the game with thirteen men, um, and and we looked fairly, you know, we, we were in front, sort of going into the closing stages, and. Waterford pulled it back and, and nearly beat us. So in some respects, I look at it and think like the score was Waterford two nineteen, Dublin three sixteen was how it finished there. Um, and and yeah, like there were some positives to take from a Dublin point of view. But again, the 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 thing that's been lacking for Dublin in the last couple of years, in my opinion, really since we won a Leinster title, has been that killer instinct in the final ten minutes against the big teams. And Waterford for me were there for the taking in their own backyard. It's you know even beating them. It's a result that maybe wouldn't have meant that much in the context of things, but it would have meant something psychologically moving forward. So, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that Dublin didn't come away with the win, but a draw at the same time away to Waterford probably isn't the worst result. It isn't the one considering a Leash and Antrim in the division as well. It's not a bad result really, and maybe a league title maybe would be nice for Dublin really. Um. So if, if if you want a league title, if, if you're going for the league, that is, I think this could be a setback of a result, really. You need to get in the top two to have a chance. And if you beat Watford, you realistically would have been on six points heading into the Kilkenny and Tipperary game. So that would have been nearly 
half the job done. So, um, yeah, I think Dublin will have some regrets about this game. Waterford's quite interesting. Stephen Bennett's two goals came from penalties. Most of them came from place balls as well. So, they didn't really cover themselves in Lord Waterford. Dublin, I thought we're looking at the highlights anyway, looked pretty attacking and they looked threatening at times of the game. And, uh, yeah, I think there'll be good confidence booster. Keen O'Sullivan looks a good um, young player coming in. Don Burke still looks as good as ever. Alex Constant, very good corner forward. So, yeah, there are some positives for Dublin bringing new players, but I'd agree with you. Probably is a point dropped more than a point gain for Dublin, um, if, especially if they're going to challenge for a league title if they wish to do so, of course. Yeah, and Keane Boland obviously finishing with, uh, with three points as well, one man of the match. So that was good to see from a Dublin perspective. Um, and then it was Antrim, 15 points, Kilkenny, 118. Billy Drennan scoring 118. Uh, really putting his, his mark up. Obviously, we were discussing on your own show during the week in terms of maybe what new players could be introduced. And um, Billy Drennan, you know, he was top scorer in the under 20 hurling championship last year comes into the Kilkenny senior side, scores 1-8. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably not maybe, you know, only a six-point win away to Antrim. It's, it's a hard game to judge in, in terms of that, you know, where did Antrim play that well or did Kilkenny maybe struggle at times? But I suppose the main story there is that the Kilkenny production line is not slowing down anytime soon. It is no one that uh, we were saying in our on the podcast as well last week that uh, Kilkenny still have some very good players and they're kind of get, going in under the radar this year. As regards to this game, I think I think it was dominated by the weather, really. Um, I know it's an excuse and stuff like that, but it looked terrible up at Garda Bark, and um, it was struggling for scores and all that. It was just for Kilkenny to get out of there, get the win. Um, that was the main objective for Kilkenny. They're playing Tipperary next week, which should be a more look, uh, looking forward to that game, actually, because um, two interesting sides, Kilkenny under Derek Ling and Tipperary under Liam Cal, both under new management. Both new players coming into the panel, exciting players like Billy Drennan, like Daryl O'Connor. So very good, very excited about that game. But uh, for this game, look, Andrew will take some positives. Looking at some of the game I've been seeing Northern Ireland was in and out of the game, to be honest with you. And it looked like Antrim missed a few chances to take the lead in some parts of the game. So they'd be, um, you know, they'd regret those misses. But at the same time, look, Kilkenny will move on to next week against Tipperary. And this game was just getting out of Cargill Park and win, and they did that. Yeah, and just, just finishing up then with some Division 2 results. So, big win for Kildare, away to Carlo, 25 points to 11. Uh, quite a statement win there by Kildare in many ways. Uh, Derry got beat by Kerry, 14 points to 222. And uh, Offaly getting the win away to down, 21 points to uh, 18. Uh, Matthew, cheers very much for coming on. Obviously, I was on your show during the week, so I suppose if anyone's looking to check out your own podcast, your own show, where can they find you? Yeah, um, it's on YouTube, GA Statsman, if you just search that. Uh, search it on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Be it a TikTok work as well. So, um, yeah, search it on Google as well. And I have my own website up as well about uh, stats on games and stuff like that as well. Going back all the way to 2019. So, if you can check that out, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Perfect, Matthew. Well, cheers very much for coming on. And uh, if people could hit the like button, subscribe, be very much appreciated. And, um, yeah, cheers, everyone, for coming on.